Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter on episode 88, where we talk to you about the MLB, the NHL, Formula One, the NFL, and of course, our signature segments, which we are adding one into, which is called the Vault of Hilarious Contracts, and of course, our weekly Turtle Tap and Write That Down Predictions. This is something I haven't really thought about, because uh, I've never really seen it happen, I guess. But do you guys know what the official score is for a forfeited MLB game? Like, what the recorded score is for that game? Isn't it like 3-0 to zero or something? No, it's it's 9-0, to zero, which nine. makes sense, because, you know, there's 9 innings. But that's, that's like an official MLB rule, rule 2.0. But I didn't really... I, fun fact. Fun fact of the day for you there. To get, get us started on this wonderful... Wonderful evening, yeah, or morning, and, or afternoon, I guess. Yeah, and you're going to have to be researching more of these MLB rules as we go on, because we're going to have baseball. The players and the union finally came to an agreement since we last came to your ears. Um, spring training 2.0, or summer camp, or whatever the heck you want to call whatever they're doing right now, um, has started. Teams are training in their home ballparks as opposed to their spring training sites. For example, the Twins are training at Target Field. They basically turned every bit of concourse they can at tar- Target Field into more playing surface. So they've thrown like fake turf down all over the concourse and the plaza and everything to try to space the players out as much as they can. But the season is going to happen. Um, The season officially starts on the 23rd of July, um, where the Dodgers will play the Giants and the uh, Yankees will play the Nationals, will be the two games on July 23rd. And then the remaining teams will open on July 24th. Um, The season will be 60 games. Um, The players are getting paid their full prorated salaries. Um, the playoffs, as of right now, are going to be the regular 10 teams that we've had for the last few years, but the union and league are still negotiating to see if they might expand that. They'll have to agree to that before the season starts for obvious reasons. So in the next couple of weeks, look out for an agreement about that. But frankly, I'm just ecstatic that we're going to have baseball. I mean, granted, the virus could still derail these things, but... The players are playing the game. The games could happen here within the next three weeks. We could be watching actual meaningful baseball that matters. And I, for one, am super duper excited. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, the schedule. Um, this was decided a while ago, but the schedule, um, that, so that's 60 games. 40 of the games are going to be within your own division, so 10 teams against um, each of the other four teams in your division. And then the last 20 games are going to be four games each against the other five teams in the opposing league's corresponding division. So the NL Central versus the AL Central, AL East, NL East, and so on. Um, So that gets you to a 60-game schedule. Um, The MLB is open to allowing fans into the ballparks should the health situation in the given state allow for that. So that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on too, because that obviously won't be uniform across baseball, right? 
So that could give some teams a major home field advantage should um, should that happen in certain states where the virus is less prevalent. Because, you know, obviously some states like Southern California is not going to allow that. But, you know, some states like, I don't know, Texas has said they might allow that. That was before the virus started spiking there again. And but Arizona, Arizona might allow it as well. But the Oakland Athletics are allowing fans to purchase cardboard cutouts uh, where they post, they put them in the seats, basically of their face or, I guess, whatever they want within reason um, at each home game for the Oakland Athletics. So a lot of people are wanting to uh, get a picture of Jose Altuve when they host the Houston Astros <laughs> Uh, as he's running to home plate trying to cover up his air quote microphone or whatever he had his tattoo. buzzer on new his tattoo chest. new tattoo but really hiding something else so yeah do i don't know we'll, if I, do you think I, we'll see marlin man probably he's probably gonna pay for himself to be everywhere oh uh, i would hope so see but i don't know unless some other teams start doing this I don't even want a cardboard cutout of myself in the Oakland Coliseum. Like that's how much the that's how bad the Oakland Coliseum is. That I don't even want a cardboard cutout of myself in that. It's miserable. <laughs> but wow. I mean, speaking of other stadiums and what teams are doing, uh, the Red Sox re- are turned every single one of their suites at Fenway Park into a two-player uh, mini locker room for. Um, obviously spacing out their players, trying to keep everyone healthy and at a distance from each other. Uh, so that you're going to see other teams do similar things to try and keep their players healthy throughout the remainder of the season as well. So, Yep. Um, also, Universal DH for this year. I've always been, like, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the league, I'm a big proponent of the leagues being the same. If I had my way, of course, that would be with pitchers batting. But I know that's never going to happen, which means the universal DH should happen. I mean, the leagues have to be the same. Leagues in the same sport playing under different rules just shouldn't be a thing. They should all be the same. That's why I'm on board with the universal DH. So Zach, Players like Zach Granke and Madison Bumgarner are a little bit bummed about Yeah, this. sure. They use the excuse that, yeah, I want to hit as the reason they wanted to stay in the National League. The real reason they wanted to stay in the National League is not that they wanted to hit. It's that they wanted to pitch to a pitcher once every nine times, right? Like, that makes them look better than – like, they're good pitchers. Don't, they're both good pitchers. Don't get Both of them are, yes. But – Right when you get to face a pitcher three t- two or three times a game, as opposed to Nelson Cruz, you're gonna look better than you are. That's the real reason they wanted to stay in the National League. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, but anyway, Universal DH. Otherwise, most of the rules are gonna be the same. Um, there is health protocols. There's you know no spitting, no sunflower seeds, no bubble gum, no tobacco. Um, they say in the health and safety protocols that fighting is strictly prohibited. Um, if fighting is only strictly prohibited now, I want to know what it was previously because it used to be against the rules and is the penalty for fighting going to be harsher than it was before? Like, I'm, I'm really confused about how that's going to be enforced. Also, an interesting note is that whenever a ball is touched by more than one player, 
it's gone. They're going to throw it out, throw it out basically. So basically any ball put in play is gone. Instead of, you know, just foul balls or any ball that hits the dirt, fly ball to center, ball's out of play after the play is over. Well, so, wait. Every single pitch, as outside, long as it goes to the catcher. The pitch, outside of the pitch. I assume they're not going to use a new ball after every pitch, but maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of baseballs gone through this year. Go through a lot of baseballs this year. Yes, if you're Rawlings, you are going to make a lot of money off baseballs this year. So we'll see. I'm just excited for baseball to happen. I don't care how they're going to play baseball, and it's going to matter. And every game is going to matter more since there are only 60 of them. If you lose three in a row, you get swept in your opening series. Man, you're in big trouble. Like, you got you can't get swept that opening series. You got to take a game. A, long, a losing streak, lose six out of eight or something to open the year, and you're basically done. So, every team has hope, but that hope could be dashed pretty quickly for a lot of teams if they start out on a losing streak. So, it'll be fun to watch. We'll keep you informed on uh, interesting developments throughout Spring Training 2.0 now that it's underway as uh, the weeks go forward. But for now, just look forward to baseball. I am looking forward to baseball. Something else I'm also looking forward to is the NHL playoffs. Let's go. I've always maintained that the most exciting thing in sports is a Game 7 in the NHL playoffs. And we might have some of those because the NHL finalized their uh, schedule for restarting. The NHL playoffs will officially start on August 1st. Um, it sounds like the two hub cities are going to be, what was it, Vancouver and Edmonton. Both in, They're both going to be in Canada. I'm not sure if it was Vancouver or Edmonton or something else. Kyle, can you it check me was, out? There? Oh, I just had this. Um, but they're both going to be in Canada. And, of course, as we talked about before, um, there'll be basically a play-in round where it'll be best of uh, five series and then um, to get us down from 24 teams to 16 teams. And then it'll be the regular Stanley Cup playoffs. It's Toronto and Edmonton. Toronto and Edmonton. That is close. I suppose it makes more sense to put one in the East and one in the West. As and opposed and to two uh, in the West. Vancouver and Toronto, I'd just like to point out, those aren't really all that close geographically. Yes, they're in the same country. They're but in Canada, and they both have hockey teams. They're That's literally on the complete opposite side of the country from each I mean, other. Vancouver is like close to Seattle, and Toronto is like close to Detroit. For those of you who are who are geog- Canadian geographically challenged, but um, the other thing to note about the NHL is they had their draft lottery before um, the playoffs, right? And the team that won the draft lottery is one of the teams that gets eliminated in these play-in playoff games, right? So there are eight teams that will get eliminated to bring us down from 24 to 16 teams, and one of them won the draft lottery. We don't know who yet. So what will happen basically is once those um, teams lose, right, once those eight series are over, um, they'll have a draft with each of those eight teams having an equal chance at that number one overall pick. So one of those eight teams that loses in those play-in playoff series is going to get the number one overall pick in the NHL draft, which really adds some intrigue to 
to uh, the playoff series, too. I wonder if he'll be any teams who just decide, and eh, we don't really care and just want to take the 12.5% chance at that number one draft pick instead. Like, obviously, they have to play the games, but just something to think about. But NHL playoffs, August 1st. Um, baseball, July 23rd and July 24th to get started. Uh, the NBA starts sometime soon. I don't really know. Um, so it's happening. Sports are coming back. You'll have something to watch on TV, which is good because I'm almost done with the TV show I've been watching during quarantine. So That's exactly. fair. And it, if you felt so inclined, there was a Formula One race this past Sunday, uh, yesterday, as the day of recording. Uh, the Austrian Grand Prix was the thing, and they raced, and it was pretty awesome. Uh, I only want to talk about this because last year in our Write That Down Prediction segment, I put up one of these like stupid predictions. I said Lando Norris would get a podium finish. He's a driver for McLaren. He's like, I don't know, 12 years old, basically. And <laughs> I, I, you know, this is so outlandish to me. I was like, there's no way it's going to happen, but I want to see it happen. So I like, he seems, seems like a good guy. Uh, well, he got a podium finish yesterday in you know, strange circumstances. Lewis Hamilton's a really, really good driver. He crossed the line second, but had a five-second penalty, which ended up putting him two-tenths of a second behind Lando Norris uh, after all was said and done. So he ended up getting fourth. But we have Valtteri Bottas with Mercedes, Charles Leclerc for Ferrari, and then for McLaren, Lando Norris in third from yesterday's race. And I think that's awesome. Motorsports are back. You know, we had NASCAR what, two or three weeks ago starting back up. Formula One now, and... You know, your, your more normal uh, ball-type sports are coming back to you. So I'm really excited about that. That is good. It is good to see Formula One back to Was that race at, like, a weird time in the morning again? That's it was, the reason uh, I can't get into Formula One is I don't want to get up. I think it was 8 o'clock Central Time. A.M.? Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. I could have done that. No, but when it's like the Abu Dhabi at like 2.30 a.m. our time yeah. or something, I, I can understand that. I, yeah. I, I get you. I get you. But maybe I'll start watching it more if uh, start watching it more if uh, in these next couple of weeks before baseball starts, and then I'll just be watching baseball pretty much nonstop. So I like baseball. Um, Kyle, there was some other big news out of uh, – Chiefs camp, right? That you want to talk yeah, about? Uh, big news. Um, so we have finally witnessed the first half a billion dollar uh, professional player contract. Wait, what? Patrick Mahomes' contract is is ten or his new contract extension today just came out. Ten years worth over five hundred or five hundred and three million dollars. It's not fully guaranteed, but $477 million are guaranteed. Uh, unless he has an injury, there is an injury clause in there where if he gets injured during that contract, uh, it is a fully 100 and, or a full $140 million injury guarantee uh, throughout that. Um, so a little there is a no trade clause in this contract, of course, because if the Chiefs are going to be paying him this much money, they're not going to trade him. Um, and the full uh, extent of this contract, it's basically a 12-year uh, contract total because he still has the fourth year of his rookie contract coming up this season. Then the Chiefs already exercised the fifth-year option. Uh, for the following season, and then this 10-year extension takes place. Um, 
I don't expect him to play out the full 10 years of this exact uh, contract because I'm sure there will be some update to it in the future, but he is the first uh, or he is the highest paid now professional player in all of sports history under one contract, surpassing Mike Trout's recent deal. Basically the first NFL player to get a baseball contract, really. So it was, it's a wild day for the Chiefs. They got, I'm sure they have a lot of work to do in the near future with their salary cap and trying to figure out how they can actually feel the full team. Uh, but that's the price you pay when you're trying to lock down your franchise quarterback for his entire career. Uh, some other news that I just wanted to talk about. It was a very interesting question that Philip Rivers brought, raised to the NFL Players Association last Friday in a phone call. Uh, he basically brought up and said, if a player tests positive for COVID during Super Bowl week, but is asymptomatic, would they have no choice but to sit out? Uh, so basically the answer to this question uh, was yes, but if the if that player has two sequential negative tests 24 hours apart from each other, then they could play. But I guess my question for you, Mike, and I want your input, is how do you think this is going to impact football? How does this impact the NFL going forward? You want my candid opinion? Your candid opinion. F- to football not getting played in the fall. College or professional. Yeah. I'm like, starting to feel this way. Especially college. I mean, the Ivy League just announced today. Well, the Ivy League did not officially announce it today. They're not going to announce it until Wednesday. But it was leaked today that the Ivy League is planning on holding all fall sports in the spring, including football. Um, I'm not surprised, wouldn't be surprised if other universities follow suit. And I have no idea what the NFL is going to do, but it's going to be really, really hard for the NFL, right? Just the nature of football, you're in close contact with people and you can't lock everybody up for the season like they're going to do with the NHL and NBA to finish their seasons, the other contact sports. Um, With baseball, you know, you're far enough apart most of the time that you're generally mostly safe, but I I don't think there's going to be a football season. I just don't see a way it happens right now. And it's especially going to be hard for teams to move forward, especially in college football, because a lot of teams end up making uh, a great percentage of their profit in, during bowl season if a team becomes bowl eligible and then they go to a bowl game. But if there are some conferences that are completely abstaining uh, from uh, playing their season in the fall and they're not going to play until the spring, then that is a bunch of empty spots in bowl games that are potentially not going to get filled. And it, it's just a it's just a money nightmare for a lot of these universities that are already making tons of cutbacks. And even Matt Campbell recently took more uh, a higher cut out of his check. Um, yeah, can, the, can we talk? Can we talk about that for a sec? Matt yeah. Campbell, Matt Camp, right? So basically they cut more salary from all the football staff, right, including the assistants. And Matt Campbell just straight up said, nah, take more of mine and take less of my assistants. 
Like literally, he basically just gave a what was it, like one hundred fifty thousand dollars of his own money to his assistants, basically, so they didn't take as much of a pay cut. Like, how about that for a football coach? That's a good football coach. And he's one of the only ones to do it. Nick Saban's sitting down at Alabama in his poshy chair, not taking any salary cut. Of course, the University of Alabama has plenty of money in their athletic department anyway. Uh, but like, good for Matt Campbell sticking up for his assistance. And I mean, that's one way that you keep a staff together for a long time. And that's how you try and grow a brand, grow a program and gain success. And that's hopefully what Iowa State's going to do in the 2020 season, whenever that happens. So we'll see. It's going to be very interesting what football is going to look like um, this year or next year. So, yeah. But speak. So, we talked a little bit about big contracts, and I wanted to introduce a brand new segment to this podcast. That, that I came up with, and it is going to be called The Vault of Hilarious Contracts. So it's basically just going to outline some outrageous and very good business decisions on players' uh, hands, maybe not necessarily from their respective uh, teams, not great business decisions, but this is... This is a new segment, and I hope you all enjoy it. So, recently, I don't know if you all are aware, July 1st is known as Bobby Vanilla Day for a special reason. Bobby Vanilla was a baseball player for the New York Mets, and in his contract, it laid out that he gets paid $1.2 million every single year from the year 2000 all the way through 2035. So July 1st, every single year, he gets a check from the New York Mets for $1.2 million. That is, that's solid business, Bobby Manella. Good, good for you. He looks forward to July 1st every single year. It's great. And there you have it. This is a good segment. I like that segment. There you have it. And the list is extensive so far and I'm only going to continue seeking out uh, other contract deals but right now that was number one on my list I have 15 more to go so strap into your seats ladies and gentlemen speaking of good segments though now the baseball we are going to restart everyone's favorite segment now that baseball has resumed and we are going to reinstitute our weekly Turtle Tab segment going forward to keep you updated on all the doings of baseball savior Willens Astadio as this strange MLB uh, season goes on. And boy, do we have something for you this first week. Um, upon reporting to camp this week, Willens Astadio uh, tested positive for COVID, so he is currently self-isolating and not in Twins camp. Um, he is asymptomatic, so you know he's not in any you know physical danger. But still, he's not in camp, which with the season starting in like two and a half weeks, that doesn't bode very well for his 
um, ability to make that opening roster, depending on how long it takes for him to get back in camp. So we will see how Willens Ostadio does, and we will update you on his status again next week. But for now, he is isolating away from the team, away from camp. See, Kyle, that was painless. You didn't have to complain about that. That was painless. I didn't complain at all. Yes, you did. I heard you whine as I started that segment. I wasn't whining. I was just super excited for you to get through this because I've I've had a lot of fun helping to give you some input for your other favorite segment on this podcast. My other segment, well, is this really my other favorite segment? See, now you're going to make me pick favorites on segments, Kyle. You have to. I also like things football players shouldn't do as a segment. That is also another that's a good one but it is it occurs less frequently than this one that's true every week of course we have the mike's stupid rules segment and we're going to continue our theme of odd olympic events for the next couple weeks until baseball gets fully going or basketball or hockey or something gets fully going um and we're going to talk about the pentathlon so remember, we did a trivia edition a month or two ago about the decathlon, which is 10 different track and field events. So you might be thinking, oh, the pentathlon, this must be five different track and field events. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. The pentathlon is five events that you would seem are pretty much unrelated. They are fencing uh, the Epe variety, which remember we talked about fencing a couple of weeks ago. Um, the fencing is done in a round-robin format, so each competitor competes against every other competitor. And instead of competing to a score like you would uh, in regular fencing, it's just first touch wins. First person to land a touch wins that match. And then essentially they're ranked first to last based on the number of wins you got. Um, if nobody scores in a minute you both lose. So there's that. Um, second event is swimming, a 200-meter freestyle swimming race. Um, it used to be 300 meters, but in 2000, they brought it down to 200 meters. Then there's horseback riding, completely unrelated to fencing and swimming. Event number three is horseback riding. Um, it is a slow jump event with 12 to 15 obstacles to jump over. Um, the thing that I found most interesting about this is you don't use your own horse for this. There's just a pool of horses, and you get paired up with a horse by random draw 20 minutes before the event. Like, I feel like that would be tough, not doing this with your own horse, doing it with a random horse. Um, the last two events are actually combined into one event. It's shooting and running. So kind of like the biathlon in the winter um, is cross-country skiing and running. Here they have shooting and running. Um... So it's a 3,000-meter run. So 3,000-meter is just under two miles um, for the run. And then each lap is preceded by you have to hit five targets with a laser pistol. Um, so the way it works is so there's no penalty for missing, but you just have to keep shooting until you've hit five targets. Um so either once you get five hits or 50 seconds, then you can continue running. So basically, 
they stagger the starts on the running and shooting based on your scores on the fencing, swimming, and riding. So essentially when you're watching the shooting slash running, whoever crosses the finish line first is the winner of the overall pentathlon. So let's, there you go. That's pentathlon. That's a so, lot. Yeah, sort of a cool event. I feel like if I could do an Olympic event, this one might be it. It does seem like the most attainable one. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can swim, I can I can fence, I can maybe ride a horse, and I can shoot and I can run. The riding a horse would get me, and the horse would not like me. I don't like horses, and horses don't like me. Because <laughs> the playing field is, it seems like they do a good job of leveling the playing field. Like one, not necessarily one person is spectacular at all five events, I mean, especially I mean, when you get a random horse. I would argue they are probably pretty spectacular because yes. I mean they are Olympic athletes, but so, I like they're they're also different, though. I guess is my thing. I would I beat know. the average person at this at this event. Whereas other that's pretty sports, bold. I definitely wouldn't. I would beat the average person at this event. I feel like this is an event. No, it's not actually. I was say this is an event that we could do, but uh, I don't know where we would find horses. Or, or fencing, fencing stuff. Well, we can just, like, use sticks, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's keep on, keep on keeping on and hit up our Write That Down prediction segment. And I believe we actually have things to take off the board today. Is that is that a true fact? We do. We got three things that are going to come off the board, two from me and one from Kyle. Um, first off, from me, I predicted a long, long time ago that the MLB season when it is played will be at least 82 games. Um, it will be at maximum 60. So for that, I get a. Nah. Um, Kyle predicted that when Pat Mahomes got his contract extension, at least part of it would be tied to a percentage of the NFL salary cap. There is no such provision in his contract. So for that, Kyle gets a. Nah. I just want to say I'm surprised by that. I didn't know the NFL too. segment, but I was surprised by that. I was expecting at least 1% or 2%, mm-hmm. but oh well. Anyway, apologies for the interruption. No, you're good. And the third prediction to come off the board was mine from a couple weeks ago. Where I predicted that I would not get hit with a golf ball shot by myself or another person while on vacation. And that was correct. I did not hit you know, a drive off my shin. I did not get hit with anybody else's golf ball. I only shot, what did I say it was, 48 over par um, on 18 <laughs> holes. So That's actually not that bad. It's oh, horrible. Like, I don't think I could do that good. This is the first time I've ever golfed 18 holes in my life. I thought it was pretty good. I shot a 120 on 18 holes. So not bad. I only uh-huh. lost by one stroke in my foursome. So, uh-huh. who had the highest? Who who had the highest score? That'd be me. I, I said I lost. No 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 no. In With the, the foursome, the low. I guess the lowest score. The lowest score. Lowest score was my uncle. He shot well. He didn't think he shot pretty. By his standards, he didn't shoot well. But by the rest of our standards, he shot well. So he's he's actually a golfer. The other three of us golf on vacation once a year. Nice. So, nice. But yeah, I get a ding, 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 ding. for that prediction, and that is it for our accountability session. Nice, Kyle. Let's put some more stuff up on the board. That's me. 
Uh, yeah, so since baseball is coming back, I am predicting that the Royals, well, since it's a shortened season, the Royals won't finish last in the AL Central this year. Hmm. Okay. Double? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a I mean, double. They're, they're going to finish last or they're not going to finish last, so. Yeah, and yeah, the, twin, I, the Twins, yeah. Indians, and White Sox probably won't finish last. So, yeah, so I, I it's a battle between the awesome. Tigers and the Royals of who sucks the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just as a note, um, the Royals' chances of making the playoffs, according to um, FanGraphs, in the shortened sixty-game season, is six point four percent. Just just an FYI. So better that's actually, than zero. actually a lot nothing. better than it was before. Um, in the full 162 game schedule, it was 0.4%. So a 6% increase, a six percentage point increase, pretty good. Very nice. I would take that. Um, my prediction, I'm going back to non-professional sports things and things with my life. Um, slow pitch softball season is getting started this week for me. Um, you've heard in past episodes that my team is really bad. Um, so we're going to have, I believe it is a, uh, 16 game season over the course of, uh, now through September. Um, my prediction is my softball team wins at least two games. We go at worst two and 14 on the season. I don't know about that. Not, not just because your team's bad either, but I think the Rona is going to cut you short. You don't think we're going to play till September? I don't think you're going to have a 16-game season. I could be wrong. But uh, with that in mind, I would be steering more towards a triple, I guess. I'm not saying it's, like, completely out there, but... I also I think the team is, like, that bad, too. So I think it's triple. <laughs> okay. The team is, like, that bad. <laughs> uh, triple it is. Just for the record, we're going to be better this year. We actually have enough players, and we're going to be a lot better this year than we have been in the past. So he says they actually have enough players now until they stop start dropping like flies. Hey, no one's going to get hurt this year except me, and I just play through it anyway. It's going to be a good year. All I'm right, gonna take Superman. Superman. I'm going to take my prediction back to professional sports and basically just copy Kyle's but go the opposite direction. I'm going to say the Cubs are going to win the NL Central. Okay. Uh, hey, guess what? I have a percentage for that. Yeah, you do. That's nice. fan easy one to score. The Cubs have a... 46.6% chance of making the playoffs and a 29.8% chance of winning the division. Basically, Fangraphs is just saying, I have no idea what's going to happen with that division except the Pirates suck. Yep. But, Sounds about right. Because <laughs> everybody else is serviceable in a 60-game right. season. The, the Cubs, Brewers, Reds, and Cardinals all have greater than a 20% chance to win that division, and the Pirates suck. <laughs> Is, this, is the story of the NL Central. Man, so it's a yep. toss-up. Literally. 30% is basically the Cubs' odds of winning the division. Which is Who has the next division. highest chance? The next highest chance is the, the Cardinals. Brewers at 24.5, according to fan graphs. Oh. Then the Reds at 22.8, and the Cardinals at 20.5. Mm. Huh. I don't know, Mike. What, what do you think? In between a double and a triple for that. Same. I mean, basically in the projected win totals between the, the Cubs in first and the Cardinals in fourth, 
the projected difference is literally one win. The Cubs are projected literally to win a toss up. win games. The Brewers at 31.7, the Reds at 31.5, and the Cardinals at 31.2. When I think of a toss up, I think of two, and it makes me go with a double. What are the odds of a four way tie in that division? That's what I want to find out. The odds of a four-way tie in the NL Central are actually 0.1%, which is pretty impressive going into the year. That would be fun. Four-way tie for the NL Central. Double. Okay. Double it is. All right. I'll take it. Do we have anything from Josh this week? We do. Josh predicts that the Brewers will win three of their first five games. And if you give me a minute, I will tell you who they play in their first five games. I did not have the Brewers. The schedule was literally released as we were recording this episode, so I didn't get time to get the uh, thing up here beforehand. Give me one second. Brewers. Schedule. The Brewers' first five games are against the at Chicago Cubs, at Chicago Cubs, at Chicago Cubs, at Pittsburgh Pirates, and at Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, so the two of those are a gimme. Um, I'm of the stance that the Cubs will not lose any of those three games. So, well, yeah, that's of course what you're gonna say. That that's why I'm not. That, that's all that I'm going to say. Um, let's see if I can find individual game predictions. Yeah, quick. Um, I bet what you're going to find is that the three against the Cubs are going to be toss-ups and the Pirates are going to be a gimme. If I yeah, they don't... They're going to beat the... They're, gonna, they're, they're definitely going to beat the Pirates. It's just and, a question whether or not will they win one of those three games with the Cubs then. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the Pirates are going to win games. They're not that terrible. I, I mean, they're bad, You though. shouldn't assume that the Pirates are going <laughs> to win Every game for the remainder of the season. They're going to win like 20 games. They're going to win at least 20 games. Uh, they're not going to win those two, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know, man. Double? Double. That's, that's double what I would say is a double. All right. Well, all four write that down predictions up on the board. That concludes the write that down prediction segment, which concludes the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 88. We appreciate you sticking around and hanging out with us during these trying times. Signing off for the 8311 cast, we have your host, Kyle Merch, Mike Audrey, and Wyatt Teeter. Talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.